Hey there. Welcome to More Than a Crush, a podcast about love. Each week, we pick a theme and share a story about one of the many facets of love. We are your hosts. I'm Marion Bolognese, an artist and designer recording from New York. And I'm Kim Berry, a therapist broadcasting from New Jersey. How are you today? I'm well. I have a delicious giant mug of coffee. Can you see how big this mug is? It's gorgeous. Did you make it? I did not. Do you remember at my wedding how they had this tile works? The guy who built the place where we got married. I got married at Font Hill Castle next to his Moravian Tile Works. This mug is from Moravian Tile Works. One of his businesses, the man who built the house, was he made tiles all over. But apparently they also make mugs because probably mugs these days sell better in souvenir shops than tiles do. I think mugs are, are a hit. See, look, there's a little emblem of... Oh, the castle. Kim got married in a castle. When you marry a senator, you got to get married in a castle. <laughs> Nothing but the finest. (laughs) By the way, folks, so you know, so we don't get ourselves into trouble someday, Kim's actually not married to a senator. Yes, he has the same name as a senator. Her husband shares a name with a senator, semi-local to our area, and it comes up and it's pretty funny. And so we refer to him as the senator. So... Fun episode for us today, right? (laughs) Something a little different. Yeah, we're doing something a little different because we think it's going to be fun. So we hope that it translates well and you enjoy it. Yeah. So you want to spit out that theme, Kim? Sure. It's called Lyric Genius of Love. It's a mashup title theme. You know the website, lyricgenius.com. We're not sponsored by them. We just use it to look at lyrics. And there's a song called Genius of Love by the amazing Tom Tom Club. And we mashed that up. And today we're going to talk about love songs to each other. And you get to listen to it. Enjoy. Actually, I was curious. Do you have a favorite love song? Yeah, I have a few. It's funny. We watched something about George Harrison at one point, And I realized that he's my favorite Beatle because he wrote all of my favorite Beatles songs. And I really, there's a few that I really, really like. Like Something, I think is a really beautiful love song that he wrote. That's a good one. But that's not the song that I'm going to talk about today because I'm going to talk about my favorite song. It's White Snake, Here I Go Again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it was written by Dolly Parton. And it's the song Jolene. I love it so much I named my dog after the song. You know, I would have named one of my daughters after the song, but... It's got like a weird connotation. I thought it was a little bit better for a dog who's not going to, you know, necessarily be made the vixen. (laughs) (laughs) Be traumatized by her name's roots. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She loves it. She has no problems with it whatsoever. But it's funny because there was just the Dolly Parton podcast, which I listened to and really, really liked. And they discussed this song on the podcast. And, you know, I know this is a podcast about love and generally I don't like to not love things that we talk about on it, but it must be said, I just like really, really, really disagreed with the analysis of the song. Like, and it bothered me to my core. So may I read the song to you? Yes, please do. Ready? Jolene, Jolene. I'm not going to sing because gosh knows you don't want me to, but there are so many versions of it. So many people sing it really well. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Dolly wrote it. And I've heard her tell many times what she wrote it about. You know, I imagined it's so intense 
the song itself that I imagined it was something that she experienced. And possibly it is something that she experienced, but the name Jolene came from a beautiful, young, redheaded girl that was in her audience. And she was like, gosh, you're such a beauty. You know, what's your name? And she said, Jolene. And she said, oh, what a great name that is. I love the name Jolene. I've got to write a song using that name. And she was right. It is a beautiful name and it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And it's so painful. It's a song where she's speaking to her man's potential lover like the lover of her lover or the love interest. And she's desperate for her not to steal her man away. So I'm begging you, please don't take my man, Jolene, Jolene. Please don't take him just because you can. And then it goes on. Your beauty is beyond compare with flaming locks of auburn hair, with ivory skin and eyes of emerald green. Your smile is like a breath of spring. Your voice is soft like summer rain. And I cannot compete with you, Jolene. In the Dolly podcast, the person who is reviewing the song, she thinks that Dolly has also fallen in love with Jolene and is hoping for a three-way with this Jolene. And that's so not it to me. And Dolly kind of laughs it off. And Dolly's just so classy, you know, and she's just like, <laughs> you know, she kind of laughs it off. And I'm like, that's not it. You know, it annoyed me to think that a woman can't respect and admire another woman and even see the qualities that her lover might find in that person without also being in love themselves. I mean, it's okay for you to be able to recognize qualities in somebody else that your beauty is beyond compare with, you know, saying she's beautiful. And instead of shitting on the person that mm -hmm. might be your competition, you don't always have to look at somebody like that. You can see their strengths. He talks about you in his sleep and there's nothing I can do to keep from crying when he calls your name. I mean, this is really painful and I can easily understand how you could easily take my man. You don't know what he means to me. Jolene. So she's just kind of reasoning, you know, please don't take him. You'll be okay. You're going to find your way. You're so beautiful, Jolene. You're so great. But this is the only guy for me. I can't live without him. And I know you don't feel that way about him. So just let him go. You know, it's just reason. And instead of being vengeful and angry and nasty towards this woman, she's like, you know, you've got it. You're great. You're beautiful. You're incredible. You have a voice like Summer Rain. I mean, that's really nice, right? I really miss Summer Rain right now. So many nice compliments. Ugh. Such a classy lady complimenting and then just like, all right, now please back off politely. Back off. <laughs> I have to have this talk with you. My happiness depends on you and whatever you decide to do. Jolene, she leaves the ball in her court. What do you think, Kim? Wasn't there something about her husband having a kind of an innocent crush on a bank teller or something. And that was a little bit of the inspiration. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Something about her husband having an innocent crush on a bank teller. But I think that they actually rewrite the song and make it like a love triangle song. Why would she say all these wonderful qualities, but then also not herself include how she feels about Joel? I mean, as she's declaring her emotional experience to Jolene in the song, it's not like a, ooh, I like you too. It's like a, you're creating a lot of heartache because you're overstepping your boundaries. You and I both unfortunately know how painful that situation is, right? 
And it's hard. And if you do know who the person, which in my situation, I did, this was a very long time ago. This was when I was in high school, but that doesn't make it less painful. You have to see them every day. I mean, you know, every situation is different, but in that situation, it sucked as it always does in these types of moments. And I didn't, Nothing is good about heartache in the moment. It hurts. It hurts. And like also comparing it, I didn't necessarily hate the person either. And I could see that they had good qualities. And you want to like just lash out and be angry, but that's not always necessarily the best resolve. You know, she's just reasonable. She's talking it out. I think demonstrating a lot of emotional intelligence here that she's not lashing out and not coming at her with anger. I never really thought of it that way as being more sad than mad. But yeah, so many people do tend to respond in anger. It's interesting. It's a beautiful song too. You know, it's it's interesting because there's lots of songs that sing a woman's name in the chorus. And I think it took me a while to actually listen to the lyrics and kind of understand that this was not a love song in a more traditional sense. It's more of a love song to her own lover. The the whole relationship dynamic is being threatened by Jolene. Well, they talk about that in that Dolly podcast, too. They talk about these genres of love songs, right? And then there's like the love song, like, I love you so much. The I love you and you got away love song. And then there's the cheater love song, right? And like, there's so many different cheater love songs for both men and women. (laughs) And they're totally different from this one. This one's kind of in a class of its own being so, you know, like, first of all, she's not taking it. She's not going to let him go. And she's not singing it to him. She's singing it to her. Well, it's interesting how you're saying how that Dolly switches up the dynamic, because even as you're saying that, it's making me think of another super classic Dolly song, also made super famous by Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You, because that's another one where she's like, I love you so much and I got to go. We can't do this. This isn't good for either of us, which was what, written for her manager at the time? Well, yeah. So that was funny because there's a lot of speculation over whether they were having a love affair, the two of them. And she wrote that song at the end of their relationship. And personally, you can say whatever you want, but if you were right, if that's the song you wrote to end the relationship, there was something going on. Maybe there was no manifestation of it. Maybe it was a platonic love, but there was love, right? Like that song doesn't come out of you. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe Dolly's just a lyrical genius. I don't express myself through song. I'll just leave it like that. (laughs) And if I do, you probably don't want to be around for it because it's not going to (laughs) be super great to listen to. (laughs) But, you know, I think the wonderful thing about musicians and songwriters and being able to express yourself, it's not just the lyrics, it's also the song itself and how the words are being conveyed and the power of the, and I will always love you. It's not just like, and I'll always love you. Thanks, man. Great business relationship. Um, lots of love for you. We'll see each other around. It's like, and I, it's like huge belting out of the lyrics. And it's almost like that's the same thing with Jolene, right? It's not just she's like, listen, I get it. You're attractive. My man's into you. Back off, please. Like there is a soulfulness in her singing and a hauntedness. Yeah. And she's also an incredible guitarist. And the whole thing is perfect. Everything is perfect. It's a perfect song. She's perfect. Holly, you're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these songs are classic. 
I've had a lot of love for, I mean, I think Dolly has had a real resurgence in genre-defying kind of adulations. She's somebody who I definitely did not grow up really listening to at all. And I'm so glad that the universe has brought me to her in more recent years because her music's amazing. Yeah, it is. Jack White, he does a version of Jolene that's pretty epic. And I like that he maintains the female perspective while he's singing it in his very masculine voice. It's funny because I think something we spoke about just before we pressed record was talking about the twins that talk about songs they've never listened to before and their like first listen of Jolene. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, that's generally how they respond (laughs) to (laughs) most songs, but it was wonderful. I love how they come at all the songs with such gusto. They're so thrilled to be listening to this new music. And that's not my usual knee-jerk response to songs the first time I hear them. I'm kind of like, huh, okay. I got to chew on it a bit. Yeah. I mean, they might have listened to it once more before. They press record themselves. Who knows? (laughs) But their video of their first listen to Jolene is fantastic. It's funny how recognizable the song is. Like whenever I say Jolene in public, as I frequently do if I have my dog outside in the world, People are like, oh, Jolene. Is it because of the song? And I'm like, yeah, it's because of the song. Like, obviously, it's because of the song, right? So, Kim, what about you? It's actually interesting because, you know, we're a love podcast. And we're like, oh, let's talk about love songs. And your song is about a potential, we're not a breakup, but like a cheater song, I guess, potential cheater. And my song is actually... Yeah, I mean, that's not clear. It's not clear whether he has gone there or not. But she knows that the ball has moved into Jolene's court and that she's in control of the situation. It's still about love, for sure, and perhaps love to be lost. But the song I chose, I actually chose because it confuses the hell out of me and I just thought it'd be fun to talk about. It's also (laughs) a uh, late 90s classic pop song. It is the Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on a real Britney kick, not necessarily listening, but I did recently watch her documentary. Actually, the senator sat down with me, too, because at first he was like, kind of gave me an eye roll, like, really, this is what you're watching. And by the end, he was like, what the hell? They did this girl wrong. He joined the Free Britney movement. I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. (laughs) I find her very intriguing. We're very similar in age. I simply cannot imagine being thrust into the spotlight at such a young age and then expected to make decisions that everyone agrees with, I think is the best way to put it. (laughs) Certainly not. Certainly not. (laughs) I fondly recall my 20s. I spent a lot of them with you. We had a really fun time and we did not have to deal with paparazzi documenting every misstep along the way. I would have failed. And I think the documentary does give a kind of a nice little perspective of she's not a perfect person. She doesn't claim to be, actually. She seems actually like a pretty decent human and the whole conservatorship. But I I find it really intriguing and awful. So this song, though, is so wildly popular. And do you remember the video that went along with this? Is that the schoolgirl video? It is. Yeah. She's kind of this like bored Catholic schoolgirl and 
she's like daydreaming and they're dancing and she has a kilt and the thigh high socks and like the tied shirt. Brittany, you've always had an excellent midriff. (laughs) The dance was really popular. I don't know the dance. I think the thing that I thought was so interesting about this song, you know, this is definitely the era of Lou Pearlman and boy bands. And all of a sudden we have Britney Spears, who, along with Christina Aguilera, they're kind of like the standout, like, young girls. Because really, the labels were all about, like, Backstreet Boys or Spice Girls. It was all the groups, right? And she was really quickly kind of like, you know, you're not going to be another Madonna so don't even try, which then, you know, interesting because she's certainly followed in Madonna's footsteps, I think, in many ways. But anyway, I think this song is so interesting because I don't understand it. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> Apparently, the song is about a breakup, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially Hit Me Baby One More Time, because I don't know, like, that's not how I was talking. I'm curious to hear your interpretation of some of these lyrics. So the first verse is, oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know that something wasn't right? Oh, baby, baby, I shouldn't have let you go. And now you're out of sight. So he peaced out. Yeah, she let him get away and she wants him back one more time. The pre-chorus, show me how you want it to be. Tell me, baby, because I need to know now because, and then we go straight into the chorus. My loneliness is killing me and I must confess. I still believe, still believe when I'm not with you. I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. And I think that's the part that I'm like, what? She let him go. He got away. She wants to know what she needs to do to get him back. She wants him back one more time. Loneliness is killing her. I think it's because nowadays we'll say things like hit me up. We don't say it anymore, but I think there was definitely a time period where it was common to say, like, give me a phone call, hit me up, that kind of thing. And it got shortened to just hit me baby one more time which in the late 90s when this came out I think it came out in 99 that just sounds a little abusive it does sound a little abusive but I don't think that that's how it's supposed to be at all I think that it is supposed to be get back to me one more time but doesn't sound as good as like hit me baby you know yeah and to be fair that's the gist of the lyrics What does she still believe? That they can be together? I must confess I still believe in them. They believe in their relationship? Yeah, she still believes in their love, I think. She still believes in their connection. She hates being alone. She wants him back. And come on, hit me baby one more time. I don't think it's punch me in the face baby one more time. I don't think that's what she means. No, I don't think that's what it's ever was supposed to mean. The whole like... Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. And then there's a lot of like, oh, baby, baby, said about 100 million times because, again, pop songs. This is the filler. But she does it very well. She does. She sings the hell out of that, oh, baby, baby. But then the whole like, how was I supposed to know I shouldn't have let you go? What? She didn't know that she liked him? That's the part I think is curious, too. Like, you want what you can't have now like oh oh I didn't realize I actually did like you don't you know I still believe that you will be here and give me a sign hit me baby one more time she still believes that they also want her back it's not over I feel like this is the most selfish brand of love like oh yeah we were dating I wasn't into you I ditched you 
oh shit, I'm so lonely. It's driving me crazy. You know what? Maybe life would be better if we were together. Absolutely. I didn't expect to be this heartbroken. Let's get back together. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out how I planned. Let's get back together. Turns out that other guy isn't as into me as I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. But at the same token, it just doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes people need a wake-up call. You know, they realize mm-hmm. afterwards and hopefully they learn from that mistake and they're not just like going to continue doing that. Let's keep it in perspective. How old is like she's a schoolgirl? This is like a very young romance. How many times do you break up with your high school boyfriend? You know? Oh my God. So many times. Regardless of how I did not understand it, it didn't seem to stop it going number one in so many different countries. This was a wildly successful song. Over 18 million copies sold with one of the best-selling singles of all time. So it doesn't matter that I didn't understand it or that maybe other people didn't understand it. It was pop gold. I think there's a lot of songs that just, I don't know, when you listen to them, they don't seem to make a lot of sense. But it doesn't mean that they're not enjoyable to listen to. The Wikipedia page of the critical reception section of it is hilarious. Apparently, there's this book called The 1990s, and it was like, the song was derided as vapid by some, yet tapped into the same audience of whom the Spice Girls music appealed, young teens and preteens. Yes, if you watch the documentary, I think it does speak to the intense pressure that this young woman was going through, where to have to be considered a role model to so many young kids when she just wanted to sing. That really wasn't her goal. People talk about the appeal of the music as being well-composed, tightly arranged, and she's got the chops. She can sing it. It was written by a man named Max Martin. Yes. Who has written many, many hits. He wrote, Baby One More Time, The Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way, Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl, Maroon 5, One More Night, Taylor Swift, Shake It Off, and Blank Space, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. These are actually producer and co-writes, not necessarily him alone, but this guy is a hit maker. Those are serious hits. An actual favorite love song of mine, because it was funny because I was listening to, there's so many good love songs out there. It's hard to pick a favorite, I have to say, but a song that's a little bit more straightforward that I love, love, love is the Stevie Wonder song, I believe, love that song. I sing that song to the girls all the time. It's one of my favorites. It's so, so good. Off of, I think, Talking Book. It showed up in my Spotify discovery the other day, which I thought was hilarious because I'm like, yeah, no, I know the song. (laughs) But it's so good. And I love how it starts off all slow. And then it has that funky breakdown. And I think, again, it just kind of goes to the lyrics are part of it, but the rest of the song, it's more than just what the words say. So I think even with the Britney Spears song, it doesn't matter that people didn't quite understand. They understood based on her energy and her singing and everything else. Nothing compares to you, right? That's another one. Oh, that's I love it. That's, that's originally by Prince. Yeah. So it was Sinead O'Connor who made it popular, but Prince wrote the song. And supposedly that song is about his personal assistant. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. It's not a romantic love. Supposedly, he was very... Codependent? 
Yes, he was very codependent. And his personal assistant helped him with everything. And, you know, the personal assistant went away for, I think, bereavement or something like that. And he wrote that song which I love. I'm like, yes, Prince. Yes. Recognizing how much that person really helps you. And he made it a love song, which is another thing. So these people are geniuses. I've heard a lot recently. I'm always watching documentaries. I remember recently, I don't remember what I was watching, but Justin Timberlake chimed in. And then separately, I was watching Finding Your Roots with Pharrell, which was really intense. But in the earlier parts of the Finding Your Roots episode and in this Justin Timberlake, they talk about how these hit songs really just come to them. And it's like they don't even know what happened. It just like came and it's like an explosion and it just like appeared and manifested like it came from outer space or something like it's a gift from God or something. In the Bee Gees documentary, they also said that because I didn't even realize what incredible and prolific songwriters the Bee Gees were. Oh, yeah. But they all mention that. They just kind of come to you. And as an artist, I can understand that. I've had moments where stuff just all comes together and just gels and you feel like, wow, you feel like some other force took over and you were able to create something that you didn't know you were even capable of necessarily. Got hit with something. Hit me baby one more time. You know, I could use another dose of creativity right now. She's hit by inspiration. (laughs) But I agree with what you were saying as far as you find that inspiration and then you let it kind of run. And so maybe where you start is not where you finish, but that's okay because that's the beauty of art. It's about the process and, you know, it kind of just becomes its own thing, which is usually where the best art spawns from. I don't know if you've ever been sucked into these like philosophical debates or conversations, the difference between fine art and craft, it being really about the process instead of the product. And I would imagine if you start with a song or emotions that you feel about your personal assistant being gone and really missing them, (laughs) that what Sinead O'Connor then sang it as. She might have had different feelings. She might have related to it in a totally different way. She can eat her dinner in a fancy restaurant. In a red sarong. Restaurant. (laughs) Now I'm going to have to listen to all these songs. These are great. I'm like singing them in my head. They're wonderful. Let me see here. It's I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant, right? Yes, totally. But <laughs> I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. But why am I thinking red sarong? <laughs> There's no red sarong. Oh, in a red sarong. I thought my speech impediment boiled up again or something. I was like, yeah, a restaurant. What? <laughs> in my head, there was another lyric where it's like, thing. I can do something in a red sarong, but that red is sarong. not true. That is definitely just made up. <laughs> The Irish beaches, which they're so well known for in her sarong. (laughs) I am historically known for butchering all lyrics in my household. And I'll like be singing along and the senator will say, go again. What? what, (laughs) What's this song about? Most recently, (laughs) we were were listening to The Doors. There's a lyric in Break On Through to the other side. And I'm like, cheese and wine. And he's like, are those the lyrics? I go, oh, yeah, totally. And then I look it up. Guys, I'm sorry to break it to you, but no, it's the lyrics are not cheese and wine. It's like deep and wide, which rhymes with every other lyric, you know, like every other stanza. (laughs) I cultivated a whole like argument for why those were the lyrics. They weren't 
the likelihood it was actually red sarong and not restaurant were actually in your favor there. <laughs> Recently, my cousins were razzing each other back and forth. And one of them recalled this. They were listening to... <laughs> They were in the car and they were listening to the Rolling Stones start me up. And my one cousin sings like belts, Estavio. <laughs> the other one is like, I'm sorry, what, what did you just say? And he was like, the song, it's Estavio, right? And he's like, no, it's not Estavio. It's start me up. It's the Rolling Stones song, start me up. <laughs> So he always thought that that song was Estavio <laughs> and Never Stop. Estavio and Never Stop. I love that so much. Is that a name? I don't know. I don't know. But I was like, can you please <laughs> name someone in the family Estavio immediately? Because that is my favorite story. Estavio. <laughs> so Marion. What are you crushing on? I'm crushing on new tires because of the snow. Those tires are going to save your ass, so crush away. Honestly, I think the best thing that I heard all week was the story that you shared. I'm crushing on you, Kim. Guys, by the way, did you know the story that you shared um, the other day when we recorded was like my favorite story that I've heard in a long time. It's a story that she shared about Steph Curry. So tune in to the episode, which we'll have already released about that. It was really good. I'm crushing on Kim. Hi, did you guys know that it's almost Kim's birthday? It's Kim's birthday next week. Happy birthday, Kim. You're the best. I'm crushing on you. Oh, thank you. Happy half birthday. Oh, shucks. Don't deflect. It's all about you. Happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Can I share what I am crushing on? Please, I want to hear it so badly. So it's just like a small little notion, but I love it. I thought of you, your crush was good neighbors when like the dogs were got out and there were people like corralling the dogs to be returned to their owners, which is just people being good people. Like, I love it. Always want to hear those stories. So there's a house that abuts ours like directly behind us and I can see into their backyard. Not a lot, but a little bit. And because they're our back neighbors, we don't see them as much as the people who live across from us or on our sides or whatever. We had had plans to try to like socially distance, have dinner over the summer, and it never panned out. We like every once in a while, like yell hello over the fence if we both happen to be outside at the same time. But like you were saying, it's winter, like we're not seeing anybody. And I got a text from the wife yesterday and she was just checking in and just saying, hi, how are you? And all this other stuff. And then she goes, we left the lights on for you this year. And I immediately was like, oh, I just felt it right in my heart, which it means nothing for someone to read that. They're like, what does that even mean? So last year they had put these Christmas lights in one of the trees in their backyard. That is truly just for their benefit because the way our backyards are, like they probably figured they were the only people who could see it. And at one point I had told her, I go, you know what? I love that you have those Christmas lights up there because every time I'm up in the middle of the night, feeding a baby or changing a baby diaper. I see these lights on. I can see them through my bedroom window and into your backyard. And it just brings me joy. And she was like, oh, thank you. That makes me feel good. We felt bad that we left them up so late that year. And I was like, oh, no, don't feel bad. Brings me joy. And so this year she's like, we left them up extra long for you. I mean, it's almost March. <laughs> and I was like, I love it. Thank you. And I've noticed that they were still up. And I was like, oh, they're going to have to take them down soon. 
nope. So I know there's been a lot of controversy this year around people leaving their Christmas lights on extra long, but it brings me joy. And I'm going to believe her that they left them up for us. Or perhaps they've just (laughs) not been truly inspired due to the snow to take them down. I don't care. Whatever the reason, it brings me joy. And yeah, that's what I'm crushing on. I look out my window. I see Christmas lights on their little tree. It's cute. You know, small joys these days. Small joys. I love you. Happy almost birthday. Love you too. Oh, thank you. Happy half half birthday to you. And Crushers, let us know what are your favorite love songs or what love songs do you struggle with understanding? Or do you understand songs and not try to read too much into them, unlike me? (laughs) Share the love with us. Tell us some stories. We love stories. Have a great day, Marion. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. You've heard from us, and we'd love to hear from you. Do you have a love story to share? Looking for some advice of the love variety? Reach out on email, morethanacrushpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Instagram. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Special thank you to Natalie Joachim, who composed our theme music. We're so appreciative, Natalie. Thank you. We love you.